This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Jamie Litt and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. We'll have Friendship Boys Basketball on the air for you tonight or this afternoon, I should say. They take on uh, El Paso Eastlake. Again, this game will come to us from Fort Stockton as uh, it'll be a 4.30 uh, broadcast time on uh, Double T 97.3 as the Friendship Boys uh, enter the uh, the bi-district uh, round as far as uh, the playoffs are concerned. Uh, tomorrow, Lubbock Cooper will take on uh, Plainview, and that'll be at uh, 6.30 uh, in Abernathy tomorrow. Uh, also tomorrow, Monterey will meet Amarillo Tascosa, uh, that in uh, in boys basketball play. Estacado takes on Stephenville tonight. That'll be at 6.30 at uh, Jim Ned High School. Uh, those among the games, and there's, uh, there's many that are taking place uh, in and around uh, the area. As far as uh, the girls are concerned, they'll resume action tomorrow and uh, the Friendship Girls will be playing tomorrow. Uh, they advanced on by uh, defeating Crowley on, uh, on Friday, 61-53. to 53. And so now Friendship will take on South Lake Carroll. Seems like that's what you got to do, Jamie, to, to get anywhere. Uh, past uh, the quarterfinals rounds is, is meet up with the South Lake Carroll team, the Friendship Girls, 33-3. and three. And that game will come to us from Abilene Cooper tomorrow at 5. So... That'll be a toughie, won't it? Yep, definitely a, a tough one for for friendship, but uh, it's a good Tiger team, so maybe this is the year they can break past them. Yeah, and it was uh, it was a tight game early uh, with Crowley uh, when I was tuned in and uh, kind of separated themselves. I mean, it's not a it's not a dominating win when you win uh, by eight, but it kind of prepares you as you're kind of going forward because. I was thinking when that was like – I was like right before half, I think, and they were down a little bit and they have gone a little bit of a run. And I was thinking, well, they've not really been in too many tight games, so it's, you never know how teams are going to react when, you know, they've been blowing people out. And the, probably the same can be said for Crowley to a certain degree. Um, but, you know, the Friendship Girls uh, responded and were able to uh, pull away and, and, and win by eight. Um the uh, the other teams that are going to be involved in action today, Monterey at uh, thirty one and five will take on Amarillo High. That should be a really good game. That'll be at uh, Wayland Baptist tonight at six o'clock, and then tomorrow night, uh, Lubbock Cooper makes uh, its way to Canyon to face Tascosa. Uh, it'll be a little closer trip for the Tascosa folks than uh, the Lubbock Cooper folks. Lubbock Cooper twenty five and nine on the season. That is also uh, Region One five A quarterfinal action. Those uh, among the games uh, that are taking place, uh, and then there's other other teams in the area that are still playing as well. So it is uh, those are, getting down. Those to are two it. tough games. Two, two tough games for those Lubbock schools because Amarillo and Tascos are both really good girls basketball teams. Mm-hmm. And, and traditional and traditional powers uh, as well. Monterey beat El Paso High, uh, Jamie, the other day, 105 to 14. Yeah. Great, great, great game there. Yeah. Yikes. Lubbock Cooper uh, won over uh, Paso Burgess 57-46. to 46. So that was a little bit uh, a little bit tighter contest for the Lubbock Coopers. But again, as you get deeper into the playoffs, you need to 
if you you have you run into those better teams and you're going to have closer scores and that kind of prepares you for the next round. And like you said, Tascosa will be a be a big challenge for uh, for Lubbock Cooper uh, tomorrow night. So uh, lots of uh, lots of excitement. They'll uh, they'll be heading down to uh, you know into the regional action and then and then and then the state tournament uh, for the girls here very very quickly. All right. Um, Texas Tech men's basketball from Saturday. Red Raiders, as we surmise, Jamie, playing without Warren Washington. Although it does sound like his return is quicker than maybe you would have thought if you went to the game last week and saw him, you know, kind of hobbling a little bit. But they held him out against Iowa State. And, you know, in the first half, it was uh, it was evident as uh, Iowa State led at the half, thirty eight to twenty four, and uh, dominated Tech in the paint with twenty four points in the paint to uh, the Red Raiders six, and then the points off turnovers, uh, twenty points off Red Raider turnovers in the first half. They would finish with twenty eight points off turnovers. Tech turned it over sixteen times. Iowa State only turned it over six times, and no points off turnovers for the Red Raiders. Jamie. No, it's a massive stat, huh? Twenty-eight to zero and yeah. points off of turnovers. Yeah, boy, yeah. I just love the way this team battled. You know, it felt like mm-hmm. at halftime that this thing was going to get ugly, um, and man, it, our, our guys just keep kept just, just kept fighting. Man, I, I I was really impressed the way they finished the game. Uh, just you know, kind of put a little bit more pressure on on Iowa State. You never really felt like you. You were going to win it, but you, you always were giving yourself a chance. And I, I tell you what, this team is playing hard for Coach McCaslin. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, they scored 50 points in the second half. I mean, that that's an impressive number against a team that you only scored 24 in the first half. You outscored Iowa State 50-44 to 44 in the second half and lose the game 82-74. to 74. Uh, Tech led by uh, Joe Tucson. He had 16 points. Uh, to go with uh, a single rebound. Double-double for Darian Williams. He had 12 points and 11 rebounds. He drew four fouls and uh, and had four himself. Tucson drew four and had just one. And then Robert Jennings had 13 points and five rebounds and drew five fouls. I, I guess if they look back at it, and like, well, I sure wish we'd played in the first half the way that we played in the second half, but... You know, I think just like you said, I mean, their their fight was obviously very, very strong. I mean, as evidenced by the fact that you had two second chance points at halftime and you finish with nine on six offensive rebounds. So you outperformed there. Yeah, did a good job on the glass. You only got out rebounded by one for the game. So, I mean, and, and considering that rebounding was already a bit of an issue for you and then you lose Warren Washington, that's that's great work. And well, I love the effort that Robert Jennings brings to the table. <laughs> if his skill can catch up with his effort, uh, you got a really good player there. Yeah, so it's a, it's a quick turnaround for uh, Coach McCaslin's group as they'll take on TCU uh, tomorrow night, and and now that that becomes a huge game. Just when you when you think about standings and potential seeding and potential matchups in the in the Big Twelve tournament, uh, because uh, uh, Tech seven and five, TCU is seven and five. Both teams are 18 and 7 overall, and um, that should be quite a matchup uh, tomorrow night uh, between the Red Raiders and the Horn Frogs. 
yeah, really one of those games that you really, really would like to get. That's a team that's kind of in the mix, similar to where you are, and a team that beat you already once this season. So you want to uh, return the favor. A TCU will have a lot of momentum uh, going into that game uh, because they they won on the road at Kansas State on Saturday, 75-72. to uh, TCU with a three-point buzzer beater uh, to win that game. It looked like it was headed to overtime. And then just a fall-away three, and it goes in. And it's just one of those things. Heave it up there and see what happens. And it went down through the net. And uh, TCU really, frankly, stole one uh, from Kansas State on uh, on Saturday. You take it, find a way. Yeah, you take it, find a way. That's ex- that's exactly right. Uh, everything else kind of went kind of according to Hoyle. Um, uh, Houston with a win over over Texas, dominant win, twenty one point win, eighty two sixty one. Kansas goes on the road and beats uh, Oklahoma by ten, sixty seven to fifty seven. Maybe some thought that game would be a little bit closer. Oklahoma might have a chance to win, especially after KU got beat by 29 uh, here in Lubbock uh, last Monday. And then um, Baylor goes on the road and wins at West Virginia, 94-81. to That was when as expected there. Oklahoma State, maybe not. Ex- maybe this is a game that didn't go as expected, winning at home over number 19 BYU, 93-83. to And then uh, Cincinnati goes into UCF and beats them. 76 to 74. That's a really good win for Cincinnati, Jamie. Yeah, no, it is. Um, UCF's been tough at home. They've knocked off some good teams at home. So a good win for Cincinnati. Yeah, keeping their their hopes alive for an NCAA tournament bid. And uh, I definitely feel like BYU losing at Oklahoma State was was a surprise. Although I think we've seen it now a couple times. Oklahoma State's good enough to knock off a Big 12 team if they're not playing their best. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hey, Morning Drive, time for this day in sports history. It is uh, January, excuse me, February the 19th. It's President's Day today. Some of you have the day off. The kids have the day off. I'm assuming the banks are uh, closed today except for the ATMs. Here's uh, Jeff McGuire with this day in sports history. Going to start in 1942. As the Yankees announced that 500 uniformed soldiers will be admitted free at each of their upcoming home games. Hmm. That's nice, though. That'd be one of those things that would be completely taken advantage today, taken advantage of today by people that weren't active military personnel. You think they'd show up and get get some military camouflage and yes, try to walk in the walk in the door? One hundred percent, I do. Choice would be wearing his hunting clothes. Well, it's Yankee Stadium, so probably not choice, but the the Yankee version of choice. 1970, AL Cy Young Award winner Denny McLean is suspended for bookmaking. Yes. (laughs) It would be the start of his decline, which would be very quick, like uh, going down the uh, Olympic ski jump. 1978. In the 20th Daytona 500, Bobby Allison takes the lead with 11 laps remaining to win. He becomes the lowest starting position at 33rd to win it until 2007. Wow. The uh, weather wiped out the uh, Daytona 500 yesterday, so they'll they'll try to run it today. That's re- that's too bad. I feel bad for those people that work so hard to put those things on and then the 
the weather gets in the way and people that probably wanted to go that may not be able to go today because you got work or obligations or things like that. 1987, less than a month after re-signing, Oakland A's pitcher Vita Blue retires. Guess he had a change of heart. Guess he had a, right, the old... The old Vita maker couldn't uh, probably get it over the plate. Probably his arm was too sore or something like that. He's one of the first guys to have his first name on the back of his uniform. There it is. You were waiting for that, weren't you? I was. Man, we've been. I, I just need to. I think I just need to retire and get no, somebody else here and here. It's new. just. It. These are the stories that we wait for because we want to hear them. Do you? Were you anxiously waiting for that, Jamie? It says wait for Vita. <laughs> I knew. I assumed it was coming. You assumed it was coming, man. I gotta come up. I gotta come up with some new experiences, some new stories. Well, you're trying every day, Chuck. I'm trying There's every day, no doubt. 1989, 31st Daytona 500. Daryl Waltrip wins when Hendrick's racing team decides to use fuel strategy, being the only car not to pit in the closing laps. They ran out of gas. Is that what no, no? Everybody else pitted, so oh, he got in pitted. front of them. Okay. And he had enough gas to finish out the race. Gotcha. 2019, four-time NBA All-Star, excuse me, MLB All-Star, and third baseman Manny Machado agrees to the biggest free agent contract in American sports history. Ten-year deal worth $300 million with the San Diego Padres. And he's never heard from again. Yeah, it didn't really work out, did it? Well, he's just in San Diego, so no one's hearing about it. Yeah. He's still a really good player. He's still a really good player, but no one's hearing about it. And in 2022, Bryson Williams went for 17 points and six rebounds, while Clarence Nadoni scored 14 to help lead the number 11 Texas Tech Red Raiders to a 61 to 55 win over number 20 Texas at the Frank Irwin Center. Mm. It is National Chocolate Mint Day. Big big fan of the chocolate mint. No, thank you. No, thank you. Okay. Happy birthday, Dr. Dre, who is 59. John Travolta, 70. Matt Dillon from Outsiders is 60. Molly Ringwald, 56. Yoko Ono, 91. Wow, she's still hanging in there. Still hanging in there. Vanna White, 67. And Le'Veon Bell is 32. And on this day in 1945, Operation Detachment, the U.S. Marines' invasion of Iwo Jima is launched. Amphibious landings of the Marines began the morning of February 19th as the Secretary of the Navy, James Forstall, accompanied by journalists, surveyed the scene from a command ship offshore. As the Marines made their way onto the island, seven Japanese battalions ordered fire on them. By evening, more than 550 Marines were dead and more than 1,800 were wounded. The capture of the highest point on the island and bastion of the Japanese defense took more than four days and many, many more casualties. When the American flag was finally raised on Iwo Jima, the, the memorable image was captured in a famous photograph that later won a Pulitzer Surprise. And that is this day in sports history. All right, this day Pulitzer Prize or a Pulitzer Surprise? Pulitzer Prize. Prize. P-R-I-Z-E. The big one that photo, uh, photography and news people want to get. Yeah. Yes. 
Yes. Uh, 6.52 this morning here on the Morning Drive. Okay. Fun fact about the raising of the flag. Uh-huh. The picture you see with the big flag right. was the second one taken. Right. They put up a little flag the first time. Right. They And there's all kinds of controversy about the flag and the picture. Where it and, is now and, and all and, of that. Yeah, but. the lawsuits. And it's unfortunate uh, that that... So of, of the birthdays today... Don't so forget about Dre. Which one makes you feel the oldest? John Molly Travolta? Ringwald. Molly Ringwald. Okay. Okay. Uh, it, what's what's shocking to me is that uh, Yoko Ono is uh, 91. If John Lennon were still alive today, he would only be 83. He was born in 1940, in October of 1940, so he would not have had his 84th birthday yet. But uh, he died at the young age of 40, obviously, uh, when he was gunned down there in front of his apartment. Um, Found dead on arrival. Dead on arrival. Howard Cosell. Uh, Two in one this day in sports history segment, Jamie. Yeah. I deserve a bet on the back for that. Yeah. Yeah. I. You know, I'm, I'm going to. Do you have a list of these things or do they, you just. It's the, the Rolodex of information of hanging out with you long enough, Chuck. You mm-hmm. get to remember some things. And that's the thing, Chuck. I mean, we, we chit chat for three hours a day, every day. I mean, right. We're going to hear a lot of the same things. I mean, right. I'm sure I've told the story more than once that you remember. Yeah. That's, that's okay. But I mean, I think Jeff baits me though. That's see, and that's what, I mean, I enjoy doing that um, from time to time to folks. And I think he takes um, some joy in baiting me, which, you know, if I'm going to do it to others, you know, then he should do it to me. Chuck, right? have you ever seen anyone on the chat line complain about hearing one of your stories for the 85th time? <sighs> Chuck, I've been your producer for like five years. I've never seen anybody complain about hearing the same story over and over again. Okay, all right. Then we'll just we'll just keep telling them like it's like they're brand new, right? That somebody's <laughs> hearing it for the first time. Okay. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. With Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire, I'm Chuck Hines. We will have a high school fan zone on the air for you tonight on one hundred point seven The Score. Coaches from Coronado, Estacado, Lubbock High, and Monterey will uh, visit about their uh, respective programs as we're kind of morphing out of basketball and uh, the winter sports into the spring sports, which would be track and uh, baseball and softball, et cetera. Uh, tonight, um, we'll have high school basketball action on the air for you. I said I say tonight, 4.30 or late this afternoon. As friendship in uh, the boys' action by district, Class 6A will take on El Paso Eastlake. That'll be at 4.30. And that comes to you from Fort Stockton uh, today. Uh, Lubbock Cooper uh, will be in action tomorrow. They'll take on Plainview uh, tomorrow. And we will have that game for you on 93.1 Texas FM uh, as uh, the boys will be there and the girls will play on 96.9 The Bull tomorrow. But uh, the Lubbock Cooper boys uh, tomorrow at 6.30. Uh, Monterey's also in action tomorrow. They'll take on Tascosa in boys' play. Estacado uh, will face Stephenville tonight at 6.30. They'll play that game at uh, Jim Ned High School. And uh, among the other games, Idaloo is playing tonight against Bushland. They'll play that game at Littlefield. Uh, Brownfield meets Kermit tonight. And they'll, excuse me, tomorrow night they'll play that game in Andrews. And that'll be a 6.30 tip time uh, as well. Um, among uh, the others, 
Well, that's uh, those what uh, new home will be in action tonight against McCamey, Jamie. That'll be at six o'clock this evening. And Ropes will meet Wink uh, tomorrow night. So don't blink uh, when you meet Wink. That'll be tomorrow at uh, six p.m. You like that? Don't blink when you meet Wink. You're a poet, and we didn't know it. <laughs> uh, not so much. Uh, the Friendship Girls will be uh, in action tomorrow, and we will have that game for you on Sunny 97.7. So uh, be uh, be looking for that. Lots of, uh, lots of high school stuff going on, It's and it's, it's do or die uh, at this point, you know, for both the, the boys and the girls. The Friendship Girls tomorrow will take on uh, South Lake Carroll, and we'll have that game again on Sunny 97.7 at 5. And then the uh, Lubbock Cooper girls will meet up with Tascosa. That'll be at Canyon tomorrow night at 6. And again, that game will be on 96.9, the Bull. So tomorrow you're going to have a baseball game on 100.7, the score at 5.30. You're going to have the Friendship girls on Sunny 97.7, the Lubbock Cooper girls on 96.9, the Bull, and the Lubbock Cooper boys on 93.1, Texas FM, and the Red Raider basketball team on Double T 97.3 at 7. So that's uh, that's five events for you tomorrow. So hopefully hopefully one of those will meet your fancy, right? Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. We kind of got it uh, got it all covered. 7-19 this morning. All right, uh, we've talked about the men's game. We'll continue to talk about the men's game a little bit more as uh, Tech men lost to Iowa State on Saturday. Final score, 82-74. to 74. Red Raiders with a with a big effort in the second half uh, to make it a ball game because they were down 14 uh, there uh, at the end of the first half, but come back and, and lose by eight. Uh, the big number is uh, 28 points off turnovers for Iowa State. Tech turned it over 16 times in the game. Iowa State just six, resulting in no points off turnovers for the Red Raiders. And then shooting-wise, you'd like to shoot a little bit better uh, 24 of 53, but 8 of 28 from beyond the arc. They were 18 of 22 uh, from the free throw line. And then Iowa State outscoring you in the paint, 44 to 22. So they just they just pounded the ball inside, Jamie, uh, on uh, Saturday. Yeah, and that was a big part of it, no uh, question. Um, without Warren Washington, you just, you know, not at full strength in the interior, and you're already a little yeah. bit, you know, undermanned to begin with when it comes to the – low post that's where they had a big advantage uh, lady raiders uh, yesterday in waco fall 61 to 32 uh two 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 too many turnovers uh, for the lady raiders 29 on the day that resulted in 29 points for the baylor bears uh baylor turned it over 19 times but only 10 points for texas tech and then baylor outscoring you in the paint 34 to 4 uh and, you know, shooting-wise, you didn't shoot the ball well at all. 13 of 44, 29.5%, 4 of 17 from beyond the arc, and then just didn't get to the free-throw line hardly at all. 2 of 3 on the day. Uh, Baylor, meanwhile, 26 of 65 of 21 from beyond the arc. They Early on, they were they were kind of forcing them to get some take some threes, but, you know, it just uh, – it, it wasn't enough, and when when you get outscored in the first quarter, seventeen to four, you're behind the eight ball. They did um, come back in in the second quarter, played better, outscored ten to nine, but then uh, after halftime, Baylor 
uh, outscoring you 18-5 to in the third quarter. And by that point in time, uh, the game was essentially over. So you had three quarters of uh, single-digit scoring. But the turnovers and the, and the unforced turnovers, Jamie, were the, the big key in this ball game. You just, just couldn't hang on to the basketball. Yeah, 29 turnovers is massive. But, boy, that just two of three at the free throw line really jumps out at me as a, yeah. as a team that wasn't wasn't playing with a lot of energy and aggression and, and effort. It just um, this not being aggressive and kind of forcing the issue at times. Well, and the, the, the problem was you couldn't – you didn't get to that point because you were turning the ball over. I mean – Yeah, no, that's fair. That's you know, fair. I mean – I mean, I thought on one end, you know, I mean, that they they played with energy and and sometimes Baylor sped them up too much, but there were too many times where it was just, you know, the ball just inexplicably left their hand. Or, I mean, there were a couple of times where you had a wide open layup and the ball just fell out of your hands and goes out of bounds. And you know, then the the fast break points that uh, Baylor had, they had ten of those. Um, but but let me let me tell you the. The atmosphere. I, I'll just I'll just tip my cap to Baylor uh, and the fans yesterday because they had a full house of seventy five hundred people, and in in terms of a like a, I'll just say this: that may have been the, the best road environment that I've seen in in my years of doing uh, women's basketball uh, because it was sold out. Uh, they stayed to the end. They they were loud. I mean the they have the student section sitting right behind you. I had this this guy screaming in my ear all night long, um, you know. And they and they were they were they were smart. I mean they were they were the, probably there to see the the Griner ceremony and they they pulled out all the stops uh, for the retirement of, of that. But but beyond that, because they, they did that all in the pregame. I mean they could have just sat there on their on their nice new seats. Um, but it was. It was an impressive, loud, uh, raucous atmosphere from the from the tip to the end. Yeah, I would. I definitely would agree that I, I feel like there a lot of that excitement came from the from the Griner um, jersey retirement. But at the same time, um, I guess uh, making the smaller arena and all that has made for better atmosphere for Baylor and. Surely people want to go see the new arena and all that good stuff. So it, may, it makes sense. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, man, it, that's uh, it's not that place is not for me. Um, it it uh, it's too steep in the corners and in the upper deck, um, and um, I don't know. I just I just didn't. There were some things that I liked about it. The scoreboards at, at each end were were big and impressive. Um, but just the and the seats behind me, they looked really nice. They're nice and comfortable. Um, but man, if you're in the upper deck and you're leaning over, man, you're going to feel like you're going to fall out of the gym, which is <laughs> that's that's not that's not good, you know. And I went to the I went to the very top where the TV cameras are on uh, on Saturday, and uh, man, it was uh, looking down. It was it was a ways away. But at any rate, uh, not uh, not a good afternoon yesterday. Uh, for Lady Raider basketball. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time now for Jamie's question of the day on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T 97.3.
All right, gentlemen, today's question involves our Red Raider basketball team. Currently tied for fifth place in the conference with a 7-5 and five mark. Red Raiders overall on the season at 18-7. and seven. My question for you today is, with where you are right now, and you can go back to even what you expected at the beginning of the year and use that as part of your answer here. What will it take for this team? What will they have to do to finish out the regular season slash postseason to do for you to make it be considered a successful season? Okay. Successful season. You got six games left. You have uh, you have three at home and three away. Um, man, in a, in a great world, I would say at least win your home games and uh, win one or two of your road games. But I think more importantly for me, I think it's making the NCAA tournament and winning a game in postseason play. That that may seem like a low bar, um, but I think if you got to the Sweet 16, because it's really, really hard to get to the Sweet 16, that that would make it a uber-successful season. But getting to the tournament, winning a game, and feeling like you've got a great foundation moving forward, to me, would make it a successful season. If you feel like, feel like, your, if you feel like yours is a low bar, Chuck, Mine must feel like what an ant, compared to comparatively speaking, because I'm simply going to say two more wins. Two more wins this year gives you nine conference wins, gives you twenty overall, and nine would get you nine conference wins gets you into the NCAA tournament. And all of this is based on what we saw last year, and where you came from, and where you are. Two more wins locks in for me a successful season. You have completely righted the ship. And while it's easy to do in basketball, you get the right things together. You, you get one player in theory and you can turn things around. We also know that the chemistry experiment that you tried to put together last year blew up in your face. Mm-hmm. And it blew up horribly bad. So the fact that McCaslin has come in largely put this team together from scraps with a few pieces you had left here and you are two wins away from a 500 record in conference play sign me up that's a pretty reasonable statement jamie you know a few years ago i don't even remember which football coach it was but we we were talking about you know for his first season and you wanted to be able to, at the end of the year, say, we got the right guy. And that would be, you know, that would make it a successful year. Well, I think, <laughs> I really think if you do nothing else the rest of the way, I think we're probably pretty confident we got the right guy. And so I think you could look at it that way and say, even if you went over the rest of the year, you could you could feel like it's successful, but I just don't want to finish on a dud mm-hmm. and finish completely, you know, kind of tanking at the end. Okay, so 
Uh, I'm going to go a step ahead of Jeff, but not too far ahead. I, I say go three and three the rest of the way to get you to 10 and eight. I think that'll have you finishing in the top six in the Big 12 Conference, the best conference in the country. I think that's a huge step forward. And I don't think you have to win an NCAA tournament game. Okay. So I'm basically just going one more regular season game than Jeff. I'm saying you go three and three the rest of the way uh, to get you to 10 and eight. And um, even if you lost a first round game, I still would feel like it's a big success this season. Okay. I'm not going to disagree with either of you. I may have gone too far. Now, if the question was, what do we think their record will be the last Uh six? That's a different story. Yeah. Um, you know, this guy in the chat line, Jack, uh, Jeff, Tech is favored to win all the remaining games. Just two more wins. To call it a success, yes. That doesn't mean that's what yeah. we're picking. Yeah. It, it's right. two different, different conversations. Yeah. So here, um, and, you can, and you can, the season can be a success and you still be disappointed with the way they finish. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. That's possible. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, Jamie, so you, you, you say three and three the rest of the way. You want to pick your three or you want, you want the three home games or do you want a combo? Okay, so you have TCU tomorrow. No, no, I'm going to take TCU as a win. I'm going to take Texas as a win. I'm going to take at Oklahoma State as a win. Okay, so TCU tomorrow, Texas, and then Oklahoma State. All right. Okay. So I have you losing to Baylor at home. Yep. I have UCF on the road as a loss. West Virginia on the road as a loss. Okay. And I'm not real confident about any of those losses. <laughs> How confident are you in the wins? Um, I just like the way you play at home. I yeah. just, our home crowd gives us yeah. such an no advantage. Um, it's such an awesome atmosphere. Uh, so, you know, not not super, super confident. But, I mean, I think all six are winnable. And I unfortunately could tell you, I think all six are losable. Wow. Okay. Um, you don't, you don't think any of the six are losable? No, I do. I do. I don't think all six. I think I think I feel pretty confident about uh, winning over Texas. I think I feel pretty confident about winning at uh, Oklahoma State, and I think I feel reasonably confident about winning tomorrow against uh, TCU. So. I I think I think you're right. It's going to be hard to win at UCF. It just because it's of what they've already done this year, um, and they're they're still playing for something. Um, it'll be interesting to see where West Virginia is here in, a, in the next uh, ten days or so. Um, and then what does what does Baylor have to play for in that last game? And what do you have to play for in that last game? I mean, is it? Um, you know, it's going to be probably you're going to be pay, playing for seeding. You know, in the in the uh, in the Big Twelve tournament. You know, but what uh, what does it say about maybe your potential seeding uh, for the NCAA tournament? Because Baylor's six and six right now, and Tech's seven and five. Baylor's eighteen and seven. So there's this there's this logjam uh, that's taking place. UCF probably doesn't have any more NCAA hopes uh, unless they win the Big Twelve tournament because they're four and eight. And thirteen and eleven, they'd probably have to go on quite a little run here. Uh, I think Cincinnati still has some hopes. Uh, Texas still has some hopes. That that loss for K State to TCU, man, that that was a that's a big loss because that puts them at five and seven and fifteen and ten. 
as big yeah, a win as that. Huh? You mentioned Baylor being behind you. Baylor, Baylor's in front of you. They're eight and four, not six and six. That's BYU. That's six and six. Oh, I'm sorry. I just I saw the B. You're right. Yeah, Baylor. I, I was, when I said that, I just like that didn't make any sense. I mean, even my brain said that didn't make any sense, but that isn't what my mouth said. Yeah, Baylor's eight and four. But what will Baylor still? What will Baylor have to play for? Will they have a potential Big Twelve title to play for? I guess would be the proper way to say that. Yeah, they'll be playing for yeah. seeding and all that good stuff, just like you will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Iowa State and Houston uh, top the Big Twelve right now at nine and three. If you had to take a guess, would you guess Houston or Iowa State to win the Big Twelve? Have those two teams played yet? I sure don't remember it. I. Uh, they will play Jamie uh, tonight. In, uh, well, there in you Houston. Go. At Houston. All right, I'm picking Houston to win the conference. Okay. And that's and that's the only time that uh, Houston will play them. But Houston goes to Baylor on Saturday. They host Cincinnati. They go to Oklahoma on the 2nd. Go to UCF on the 6th and host Kansas on Saturday the 9th, the last Saturday um, of uh, the Big 12 regular season. That's a huge game tonight, though, between Iowa State and Houston as far as uh, the Big 12 is concerned. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Drive, good morning with Jamie Lint and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Great to have you with us today on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. We'll have Friendship Girls basketball today, or boys basketballs today at uh, 4.30. Uh, that'll be uh, on Double T 97.3. And then uh, High School Fan Zone tonight at 6 on 100.7 The Score. We come to you this morning from our respective First United Bank studios, and I look forward to hearing from you today on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app for that. Visual Edge IT hotline is open, too, at 806-771-0973. Jamie, are you you jelly of those that uh, have the day off today because of President's Day and the school children, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? jelly um but do i wish i had the day off today sure okay sure i'd probably uh i don't know i probably wouldn't be sleeping but i wouldn't be talking you you wouldn't be talking (laughs) do you uh do you do you talk much on the weekend or you do you give the old with the exception of doing tech baseball now now you're in a now you're in a season where between now and June, you're going to be talking more than you ever talk uh, on the weekend. In addition to what you talk uh, during the week, so man, you're are your jaws tired this morning from the talking over the weekend? Um, I'm good. You're good. I'm good. Okay. I'm good. You're yeah, you're, good. you're fresh and all, all that. I'm not complaining. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this from the Eight Swimming Center chat line. It's going to be hard making the Olympic swim team. Eating all those pancakes, Chuck. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Um, this from the ghost of the Southwest Conference. I know nobody likes the smell of cigarette smoke, but I don't mind it since it reminds me of visiting my family in Croatia, since a lot of people smoke. Every day, people go to a coffee bar and drink espresso and smoke for at least an hour or two. Again, that from That's the ghost of the Southwest Conference. I read that because of you and your affinity for 
Croatia and one of their leading residents, Tony Kukoc. Yeah, I think he lives in the U.S. though. Okay. Yeah. Maybe he just goes back yes. to visit from time to time. I'm sure he does. Yeah. I'm sure he does. That would be my guess. I don't, I don't know family. that for certain. You know, he doesn't check with me on his travel plans. But Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, just, just, just tells me he doesn't want to do an interview with me. <laughs> Red Raider baseball team wins two or three over the weekend. Uh, is that is that about what you expected? Better than what you expected? Or are you like, okay, I would have traded a win yesterday or Saturday for the win over Tennessee on Friday. That's probably Captain Obvious stuff right there. Or maybe you would have traded two wins Saturday and Sunday for the win Friday over Tennessee. Or would you have? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done that. That's okay. for certain. Um, yeah, that's tough. I mean, I would have loved to have had the win against the top 10 team, but then if, if you had lost the next day to Nebraska, you would have, oh, man, you beat a good team, but then you lost to a team that's not as good. So – I, I don't I don't know, but yes, you would have loved to have beaten the SEC team in Tennessee, and you know they're kind of a cocky program. So I would have loved to have beaten them because of that as well. But no, I think it was uh, I, w- I would say as expected, I guess to a certain degree. Although you know you keep coming to these classics, and it's not very often, especially the one in Arlington that you go to and won. So um, that that's a positive, but. You know, Oregon was a team that hosted a Super Regional last year, so and, and they bring a lot back. So I think Oregon will be good this season, and Nebraska just missed out on the postseason. So I think they're a good team this year too. So uh, hopefully as we go along, those two wins will will turn out to be, uh, you know, good good RPI boosters for the Red Raiders. We just have to wait and see at this point. A lot to build on, right? Yeah. That's yeah, a, I think you a, saw a lot of good things. That's an yeah. early season comment. You know, that's very coach speak. Well, we won two of three and really like what we saw out there. We have we have room to grow. We have room to improve. A lot to build on for this baseball mm-hmm. team still. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, you like that? Here is, a, here is a question I posed Clint in the waning moments of Tech Talk, and I, I wish I'd had this flash of brilliance in, uh, in the morning on Friday. Uh and I, I think I most definitely know your answer, and I think you probably wouldn't like my answer. Would you have would you have said, I'll take the three baseball losses if they win on Saturday in Ames? In other words, the basketball team wins on Saturday in Ames, but you're going to lose three baseball games. That's the sports god deal that you would make. I mean, it's 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 so just completely based on what's important to you. No, you're right. Okay. You're right. Yeah. I mean, I'm biased towards baseball. You're biased towards basketball. It's obvious what our answers are going to be. Yeah. I, but it, it did, it, it did make Clint think though, that which was, which was really good. And, and well, and because Clint's not one that's attached to, you know, one sport or the other. Yeah. Clint enjoys college baseball or basketball more than he does college baseball, but he still has interest in college baseball and it's interesting to him. Mm-hmm. You're a hardcore basketball guy. I'm a hardcore baseball guy. Mm-hmm. We know what our answers are going to be. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So, and, and that's Here's the thing though. I'm more of a baseball guy. Yeah. But I might take the basketball win because it's a conference win as opposed to three non-conference games to open the season. Although starting 0-3 would suck a lot. Right. 
but breaking the 15-game win streak for Iowa State at home, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Would have been, you know, big win for your Ken Palm and your net and everything else. And Big 12, you wouldn't be tied for fifth. Right, right. So that's that's why that's part you're, of why I you're not convinced. You're not going to convince me. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I, and yeah. that's not what I understand the, that. Not what my goal is, but. I, I can make a definite case that the Iowa State game was more important than what you did this weekend for baseball. Yeah. But I am also not shaking a more stick at what you who? got. Huh? More important to who? The conference standings. <laughs> Wasn't was more important to the baseball team. No, no, no. But, like, in, in the realm of Big 12 standings, in the realm of uh, postseason tournament play, it – one of them is significantly later in the season with one of them being opening weekend. Okay. You could have gone 0 and 3 and still make it to Omaha. So, it, and we could go, okay, well, um take the basketball loss, take all three baseball losses and trade that for uh, a win against Wyoming in football last year. And everybody that football is the most important thing to them is going to go, yep, do it. You know what? I'll trade the whole baseball season and half the basketball season for the football team to go undefeated and win a national championship, right? Wouldn't they? Because it's more important for the school for football to win. So just throw away all the other sports because the other sports (laughs) are more important. Then we just be Oklahoma. (laughs) It was uh, just a throwaway question there on Friday. Uh, Let's see here. Yep, you should have. (laughs) <laughs> throwing it away okay. yeah again it's just what, what you're what you're more into yeah no no you're right and it might as well have asked the question what's your favorite sport tech basketball or tech baseball yeah um kobe says this i'm biased towards basketball but i wrote iowa state off as a loss a while ago and three losses to start the season would be detrimental to the season that would be a tough way to start that's that's, that's a sensible yeah i agree, a sensible I statement. agree. yeah that's yeah. a sensible statement yeah. Somebody says, what if, what if? Uh, somebody says here, hey, this this is just a, was just a, a, a thought. In case they don't teach that at your workplace, at your place of worship job, there really is not a sports god. We, we know. We know. <laughs> we know. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at DoubleT97.3.com.